broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful and somewhat unsettled host, Tim Tapp, committee live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and happy to have along for the ride the extended uh, live audience, all you fine, fine folks listening on a Friday night over at WCET Radio. Thank you guys for being here so much. I appreciate you tuning in. Now, why am I somewhat dismayed, disgruntled, concerned, bewildered, confused? Because I have no doubt in my mind in a completely and totally fair, trustworthy election that 45 would still be our president. But right now, we are eking ever so close to having us force-fed into accepting Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a man who – has the distinct honor of having been a slave owner, uh, according to his ancestors. Enough to cancel most people in the current cancel culture. Uh, We're getting close to that. In fact, one organization, only one so far, has had the nerve, the guts, the gusto, to go ahead and finally project Joe Biden as the winner. That, of course, is Decision Desk HQ. Uh, They basically went ahead and said Arizona's a done deal. They went ahead and said Nevada's a done deal. And now they went ahead and said Pennsylvania's a done deal. And uh, there you have it. 
<sighs> so is that true? Is that the case? I don't know. I think we still have time to figure that out. I think there's a lot of things that we still do not and will not know for a little while to come. And I do believe that we should have a full-blown, every legal avenue pushed and discovered. I think Donald Trump promised that he would fight for us. I think Donald Trump promised that he would do exactly that, and I think he should. Well, hello, sunshine. Howdy, howdy, Ken. Uh, howdy, Ken howdy. Ken Crow, of course, is joining us again today. And I see he's listening to the show in the background. <laughs> well, I just turned it down. Oh, and that's fine. No, welcome aboard. Um, I, I was trying to wind up and get ready to bring you on because, Kid, uh, you, of course, were with us uh, last Sunday, and we talked about uh, how we thought things were looking. And at that time, we'd also planned on having you back on again tonight so we could talk about the aftermath. And I thought for sure that by today we would know with some certainty how the vote itself shook out and whether or not we were going to need to go to the courts. I, I think it's been made pretty clear from the get-go that there's enough uh, ongoing activities, extracurriculars, uh, my new favorite word, shenanigans, uh, <laughs> or as Joe Biden would say, malarkey, uh, that is afoot, that uh, we need to go to the court. We need to have that fight. We need to make sure that uh, anywhere where someone has illegally tried to manipulate this uh, election, that they should indeed face uh, the punishment for such. But I also think that uh, as we look at this, Donald Trump should fight tooth and nail every legal opportunity and avenue that's available to him. And then if it still doesn't work out, then he should graciously step aside. The transfer of power should happen, and then he should go to work immediately starting his own television network uh, to rebuild something in the vein of what Fox News used to be uh, for most of America, uh, something that's like a Newsmax uh, on steroids or a One America News on steroids, even if he has to leave the country to do it and beam it in here. And you know, I wouldn't mind it if he went ahead and hired some folks like you and me to help make sure the message <laughs> was taken care of. <laughs> But, uh, Ken, I, I, I halfway wanted to start talking football with you tonight because I, I don't really want to talk much about where we're sitting right now. But maybe we'll swing that way before it's all said and done because, honestly, being a ball fan right now is a tough thing too. So uh, let's just dive in here. Let's look at it. Uh, I know you had some predictions early on. It looks like, looks like we did pretty well. In the House of Representatives, we we didn't take it, although actually there's still, as votes are being counted, an outside shot, although I don't expect it, of getting uh, pretty close to even maybe even taking the House at this point. Now, that would be a big surprise to me. Uh, it I really had thought we were going to get a plus one in the Senate. It looks like the Dems are actually probably going to end up plus one instead, although that still leaves the Republicans in charge. Uh, I mean, all in all, decent outcome for congressional uh, elections. I still would have loved a, a much stronger showing. But, uh, you know, can, the, that's part of the strangest thing, though. And that's kind of where I want to start uh, tonight before we really delve into anything else. What in your mind is the explanation for why there is such a discrepancy 
in swing states only between people who voted supposedly for Joe Biden as opposed to the people that voted for Senate and House positions. (laughs) Well, there's a couple of common denominators with the swing states, with the exception of maybe Georgia. But I, I, I can't remember who Governor Georgia is. Uh, but Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, all those states are governed now by uh, assemblies or senates or houses or whatever you want to call it that are Democrat and Democrat governors and Democrat attorney generals and Democrat uh, secretaries of state. Need I say more? They, you know, there there were a lot of quotes coming out of Pennsylvania prior to the election by their Secretary of State and so on and so forth. And they flat, I mean, they were almost giddy. Yeah, we're going to win. No problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's the way it's been. And today they miraculously found some more Democrat votes in Nevada. And now... Biden's expanded his lead to 20,000 votes in Nevada. So there's not going to be any overcoming Nevada, and that's going to put him over the top. Right. Uh, And Wisconsin, the same way. Here's the problem, and I've forgotten exactly how the quote goes, but it's better to go ahead and do the dirty deed and apologize later than do the right thing up front. And that's exactly what the Democrats are doing because they know there's going to be no way Donald Trump can overturn this election. And I'm not a lawyer, but I I don't see it. The the country would literally explode at this point in time. And I I was just going to say, I'm not sure that we don't explode anyway. I, I, I had a lot of conversations uh, over the last couple of days, and there are so many people that are actually still buying into a lot of false narratives, too, that are on our side that are real quick to jump on some of these uh, uh, conspiracy theories and some of the things uh, in regards to the great uh, watermark ballot thing. And, and in fact, I had a conversation with a lady this morning, very nice lady. I, I like her a lot, but I didn't have the heart to tell her. It's like uh, the federal government doesn't deliver uh, all of the ballot stuff. No, no state has the exact same system. That's an impossibility. Uh, and of course, Michigan uh, came out today. The uh, GOP there talked about this glitch that they've proven in one county, but said the same software that created the glitch uh, was used in 47. Okay, so maybe there's enough to make it within the range that forces a recount, but still it would be difficult to pull enough to comfortably expect the win. Um, I think there's a lot of things going on in Pennsylvania that uh, is still questionable. But the biggest problem I have in some of these swing states, uh, other than them just mysteriously finding voters who only wanted to vote for president and didn't bother to check boxes anywhere else down the line, is the fact that a lot of these folks are taking a lot of effort to make sure that no one is getting to actually watch them, even when court orders have been put in place. Is this not a reason to be suspicious? Well, no, not not if you watch CNN. It's not. 
It's perfectly <laughs> normal. Uh, the rest of the world, yeah, I can make an argument for that. Um, look, the bottom line is we're not going to win this. That's the bottom line. We might as well resolve ourselves to that fact. There, There's too many pieces to the puzzle that are against us and against the president. And there's too many powers that are extremely powerful that have made up their minds. There is no way this man is to be reelected. Uh, and it, it goes to Silicon Valley. It goes to Facebook. It goes to uh, NBC, ABC. I mean, billionaire after billionaire after billionaire lined up. And when you got that many people and the FBI, and the attorney, you know, it's like, where's Barr right now? Why isn't Barr looking into any of this stuff in Michigan or Wisconsin? Why hasn't he flown, you know, jumped on the company jet and flown it to Madison and started unloading uh, justice lawyers, justice department lawyers? Why isn't that happening? You got to ask yourself. You, you got to ask yourself, why, why isn't he in Pennsylvania? Why hasn't he made a comment better still? Just uh, uh, Barr, A.G. Barr has not made one comment. Not one comment come out and said, look, we're going to look into this. And if we're finding nefarious activities, I'm going to have people's heads on chopping blocks. And by the way, I'm sending out three jets tomorrow, one to Wisconsin, one to, you know. <laughs> you got a whole Air, Andrews Air Force Base full of planes. Go there and load them up with Justice Department lawyers, some of those overpaid pencil pushers in Washington, D.C., and ship them north or east or whatever. The The point is, is that where is our Justice Department? And you and I, being peons on the sideline, have to sit down and look at this and realize that there's just too many people that do want not want this man back in Washington, D.C. And they do not want him back in that Oval Office. And when you're playing, you know, Knoxville High against the uh, Green Bay Packers, you probably are not going to win. Yeah, I mean, it it is uh, very disappointing when you look at – what the Justice Department's going on, because right now the strongest statement we have from the Justice Department doesn't come from A.G. Barr. It comes from uh, a, a spokesperson, and all they've done at this point is confirm that they've received uh, criminal referrals from Nevada. And at this point, it doesn't look like it's going to make enough of a difference in Nevada, even if uh, this so-called criminal referral bit was to take place. I mean, it's just been an acknowledgement. So we're not getting it. Now, I would like to play devil's advocate and say, okay, well, maybe you just don't tip your hand this early or you don't want to give the leftist fuel to the fire to say, oh, here comes Barr, uh, Trump's lackey to try and steal this election away. Yeah, I, I would love to be able to do that. But I think at this point, given what we've seen from the Justice Department, given what we've seen from the FBI, given what we've seen in regards to the Hunter Biden laptops, to the Hillary Clinton uh, emails, and everything that's happened in between, it's really difficult at this point in time to believe that 
the notion of justice uh, and fairness in elections is something that we can expect anymore. Uh, I'm just glad that it looks like we're going to have enough Republicans in the House to, to gum up the works. I'm glad that uh, the Senate is going to maintain Republican control to uh, act as a roadblock. And I'm really happy, Ken, and I'd love to get your take on this too, to see the infighting that's clearly going on in the Democratic Party because as much as uh, people want to talk about what kind of party the Republicans are right now and the never-Trumper divide between the Trump Republicans and the never-Trumpers, uh, it's the Democrats who have been in a civil war for a while now. The so-called progressives are trying to steal that party away from the uh, corporate Democrats, and uh, it, it's getting kind of nasty over there. I, I trust you saw some of that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sat here with my popcorn and <laughs> my, my soda and watched. Uh, you're going to see a lot more of it. They're, they're going to come. I honestly think Pelosi is losing her grip. There's people now willing to challenge her uh, come the next section of Congress for Speaker. And I think you're going to see some serious Democrat mudslinging warfare going on over there. And it's going to be between the old guard and the the squad plus however many they've managed to recruit lately. But the uh, socialist wing of the party, it's going to be between the old uh, Democrats, of which they're dying off and running out like John Lewis and those guys. Uh, and we get uh, a new bunch of whack jobs. Uh, rumor has it AOC is going to run for speaker. That ought to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, double our national debt in three weeks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but the young crowd will be happy because they can go get their doctorates in basket weaving free of charge. <laughs> the government will pay for it. Uh, at any rate, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to go back to Trump real quick. Uh, the Senate, you, you brought up the Senate a minute ago. And uh, as I was driving home from the grocery store a few minutes ago, I was unaware of this. Georgia is now down to a runoff for two seats. Uh, One was appointed, and neither party is ahead. So we can probably gather how that's going to go, and that's two seats plus the one we lost, which gives them their 50. And there's one other race that's uh, North Carolina. That's within just uh, half a fraction of a point of each other between Tillis and the other fellow that cheated on his wife. Um, That could go either way, too, because apparently there's still some uh, votes out in North Carolina. The the thing that's so frustrating to me about this whole thing, Tim, is, oh, well, no problem. we'll, We'll count your vote up to a week later. No. The election's November 3rd. If it's not in the bin, in the in the uh, Secretary of State's office or wherever they collect them in each state, if it's not in there by 8 p.m. on election night, then it doesn't count unless it's a military ballot coming from overseas. That's a different story. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it, it takes a while to get the mail from Okinawa to, you know, Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. But uh, I, I, 
you know, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. And these Democrat legislatures in these Democrat states made those rules usurping federal law. How, how do they get away with this? Well, you know, again, it kind of goes back around to the fact the Constitution is pretty straightforward uh, that the state legislatures can establish the votes however they want. Uh, we saw several states take action early on uh, in an effort to use COVID as cover to try and uh, maintain uh, the probably the largest yeah. mail-in ballot ever. But my real issue uh, does come with along with yours, where if that wasn't part of the change they made in the law, then nobody has the legal authority outside of the state legislature to make those changes. Well, We've seen yeah. some of these swing states try to go to court, and we've seen administrators uh, to just sit back and say, hey, well, you know what? Our legislature meant to do this. No, sir. If you didn't make those changes, then the rule of law should apply, and it should come down to some very simple places. And Pennsylvania is one of those states. Uh, the, the ballot should have been there postmarked, but it physically there by the close of the polls. And if they were not in their hands by then, they're still not supposed to count. So we don't know well, which ones they're counting. And I really have a problem more so with the, all these mail-in votes where they're going to count uh, votes whether they see postmarks or not. Now, I don't care, and I'm sorry to cut you off, and I will let you have the microphone back here in just a second, Ken. But I don't care what the end result is in a free and fair, honest election. If there's enough people that think this uh, – Daughtering old guy who had to have Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama help him onto a stage and off of a stage the other day. If they really think that's a better choice, then we just need to be prepared to live with the consequences. And we know that people like you and me and Chief and the chat room, we need to step up our game and go back to going on the offensive, get back in the fight instead of just letting Donald Trump do that fighting. And at the end of the day, America needs to stand on these principles we were founded on, and part of that has to be the people getting their say, the Electoral College playing out like it should, and we shouldn't have to ever go to the courts. But when we do, we need to make sure that that's played out correctly too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to make a point so that everybody understands, all the listeners understand that there is a difference between mail-in ballots and absentee ballots. Yeah. You can have an absentee ballot and mail it. However, that absentee ballot, the, when, when you called up to order your absentee ballot, if you're in a legitimate state, the, uh, the county clerk, whoever administers them, passes them out in your county, will ask you for your name, your address, your voter ID card or whatever over the telephone, your driver's license number and things like that. And then they will send you your absentee ballot. Okay. You've been verified mm -hmm. and they've got your signature on file and what have you. And you mail, you, you fill out your ballot and you go out the post box and stick it in there, hopefully a week ahead of time. So it's got time to get there and that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is a lot of these states, the blue states or that are now blue or more blue and run by blue, these guys were just arbitrarily sending out a, a ballot 
to every registered voter in the in the state. And they, they were sending out these things by the hundreds of thousands. Now what you have is you have people that are that are not signing these things, not postmarking them properly, filling out their aunt who used to live with them last year who passed away. They're filling out the ballot for her. They're, and then they're going down and voting because there's virtually no way to cross-check this stuff. Yeah. It takes too much time, and they're not able to do it. And, and yeah, you know, you, you need an entire regiment of soldiers, and they're counting these things. You need 10,000 soldiers in there doing this, and they don't have that kind of manpower. So right. my question is, at this point in time, Tim, the problem we've got now is it does not matter who they're going to inaugurate, probably going to be Biden, but they're not, the, America is not going to believe he's the president, legitimate president. Yeah. It's well, like uh, they wouldn't believe it, Trump. Yeah. They, they wouldn't believe that either at this point in time. So how do we fix this? How do we go back to Michigan? You say, well, we can do a recount. But how do you know which ballots are legit and which ones aren't? Yeah, I mean, that that is at heart the issue. And that's part of the conversation we had just the other night uh, off air uh, where we were talking about it. We were literally at a position where it didn't matter anymore who is declared the winner. Half of the country is going to feel like it's illegitimate. There's clearly been just enough chicanery in some of these places in the swing yeah. states to to make everybody feel that no matter how it plays out something suspicious happened uh, especially when you look at the states where either uh, strong blue or strong red but no chicanery uh we're able to get things counted pretty quickly uh all the down ballots looked uh, about appropriate in line with how the parties voted not a whole lot of mysterious okay i'm voting for one purpose and to your point even though it is just uh, anecdotal. I have a friend who used to live in New York, been down here in Tennessee now for about four years, and uh, evidently he says he still occasionally gets some uh, mail forwarded to him. One of the things he got was a, uh, a mail-in ballot from New York. I, 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 I hate to say uh, – I can't say exactly which city uh, he used to live in. It wasn't actually New York, New York. It was uh, outside, but not too far. Uh, he, he traveled into Brooklyn quite a bit is what he told me. So uh, he's up in that area. But uh, he also used to work uh, uh, with uh, an election commission, and, and he was talking a lot about those uh, that uh, little uh, swoop up in uh, Biden votes that just seemed to come out of nowhere uh, in Michigan. And uh, he said if I hadn't already started uh, walking away from the Democratic Party, uh, from my experience and having worked in polls – uh, that would be enough because that's clearly – it's not possible to see a swing like that. It doesn't happen. It's not an anomaly. It, it's not a typo, and there's not a mystery. That is physically impossible. Uh, and you know, we, we see more and more of this stuff. We, we see these efforts to, to keep everybody from seeing them count. Uh, there's been court battles just to have poll watchers in place. Uh, why would you want to do that if you want an air of legitimacy? If you already know it's a highly contentious thing, why don't you want more eyes on you? That's that's part of what really concerns me here because 
I understand that there can be a legitimate glitch. I understand that there can be cases where people mess up, and it's not even not necessarily an intentional effort. I also understand there may be some overzealous people in a few places that feel like the ends justify the means, and we've got to do this uh, to, to correct an error. But at the end of the day, when you knew something was going to be this contentious – why don't you want more people watching as opposed to fewer? Don't keep this in secrecy because it only is going to make that division that you were talking about worse. How do we get back? we got to start talking to each other again, and uh, we've got to, as American citizens, get to the point where we understand that, yeah, we're not going to agree on everything. But the important thing that we need to try to do is find the things that we do agree on and start building from there. And if we can't get back to that point, Ken, I don't know that we uh, ever get back to where we need to be. It, it's going to take a real statesman. You need to check your chat on uh, the blog talk. Uh, it's going to take a real statesman. And I, I hate to say this, but I really pray that this is the one speech Trump gives where he puts the country ahead of himself, and it's not just talk. I really hope he stands up and says, look, America, right, wrong, or indifferent, I was beaten. There's a lot of reasons why. Some of it's my fault. Some of it's other, you know, nefarious stuff, whatever. It doesn't matter at this time. Joe Biden is our president, and we need to pray for him, and we need to back him. And uh, I'm going to ask all of you that have supported me in the past to do me a really big favor. Please stand down. We don't want trouble. We don't want businesses burned. We don't want people hurt. That's not what America is about. So I really hope he's able to stand up and give a pro-America unifying speech to try to hopefully bring an end to some of this. Because, you know, it's like Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided cannot stand. And America is crumbling. This nation is crumbling because of the mass division and the hatred for one another on either side. You know, I've got children right now, I'm ashamed to admit it, they won't hardly speak to me because I supported Trump and I wouldn't support Biden. And I'm angry with them because I think they're stupid, and I told them so. <laughs> <laughs> I said I raised you better than that. <laughs> you, should, you should be smarter than that. But that's what's going on. This is literally, I saw an interesting article the other day. A lady did a, re- a wonderful job of research, and she cited like 15 different people in this article and their families and named where they were from and everything. And we have families dividing, just like the Civil War. We have families dividing, excuse me, over politics in this country. It's one thing to sit around the Thanksgiving table and throw a mashed potato at somebody and say, you're an idiot. (laughs) And it's another thing to write people out of your will disown children I think that's all nine yards there's divorces coming about because families are breaking up because of this and it's got to stop 
I, I can see that a lot of your Thanksgiving meals were a lot like some of mine. Uh, <laughs> I uh, we've run a little bit past the mid-hour break, so let me go ahead and uh, sneak that in, and we'll kind of pick up uh, – right where we left off. So Ken, stay where you're at. Uh, Everybody's out there listening to WCET and everybody at BTR, uh, stay where you're at. And I will be right back after uh, this uh, brief break. One would think that Nasty Pelosi would be the last person on earth to label Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett as illegitimate. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, in 1987, when Nasty Pelosi began serving in the U.S. House of Representatives, her district, which includes San Francisco, was one of the most beautiful places on earth. Pelosi swore to uphold the Constitution, but just as the world has witnessed the gradual transformation of her district from beautiful to open toilet status in the streets of San Francisco, she has, along with fellow Democrats, trashed both the Bill of Rights and the U.S. Constitution consistently. Thus, I find it pretty hypocritical that Pelosi has labeled recently appointed Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett as illegitimate. Justice Barrett just happens to be one of the most qualified persons ever appointed to the bench. Also, unlike Pelosi, Justice Barrett has upheld the Constitution consistently. Unlike Pelosi, who has made a career out of trashing our Constitution. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Welcome, I'm Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Many veterans have been in the hospital throughout the pandemic without the ability to see family or loved ones. As a result, depression is on the rise. Here's your veterans tip of the day. Go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us and click on the donate button to contribute an MP3 system to a veteran. You can help fight depression. Go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. This has been your veterans tip of the day. Become a WCET Late Nighter today. What is a Late Nighter, you ask? A Late Nighter is a loyal listener who wants access to the WCET radio shows on demand and wants to contribute to the station's growth with an annual or monthly listener contribution. Late Nighters also get priority access to host call-in shows, special WCET swag, and Late Nighter-only events on the network. Become an annual late-nighter and get a free WCET Stop the Censorship t-shirt sent directly to you all over the world. Just click one of Become a Late-Nighter buttons all over WCETradio.com to subscribe. Without you, there is no us. 
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is absolutely 100% true. Without you, there is no us. So please, please take a moment right now, if you don't mind, slide on over and become a Late Nighter. Subscribe right away, and trust me, moving into the next year, there's going to be more and more Late Nighter exclusive content. So it's going to be plenty of value uh, for what you're contributing. Plus, at the end of the day, uh, those of us who are bringing you a conservative voice, we may become an endangered species very soon because the swamp dwellers at least now look as though that they have won the day, sort of. And uh, it certainly looks as if uh, barely there Beijing Biden uh, will be uh, taking the oath of office at least long enough to fully instill uh, Miss Harris – and uh, as the party itself implodes in its effort to determine whether or not it's going to be full-blown socialist or if it's going to continue to spoon-feed us slow, soft socialism for a bit, European style, to try and continue to normalize it and to keep us ready for it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, more than ever, it's going to be important for conservative voices to be heard and to be available. So please sign up, become a late-nighter right away. No no time to wait. And uh, no, New Orleans, it's my microphone, at least for now. And unlike uh, the fine, fine folks that want to squash all opinion that disagrees with them, uh, we still, at least for the moment, have the liberty to speak freely, and I will do so, sir. And I would expect you to respect that because I, while it looks like you may have won the day despite what level of chicanery, despite what level of shenanigans are being taken place, free and fair elections and a peaceful transfer of power once all possible legal remedies have been assumed is still a point here as well. But I stand for liberty. You know, it's just that simple. And if you don't like liberty and you don't like what's being said here, uh, as much as you are welcome to be in this chat room, as long as you are respectful to the other folks here, you are also welcome to step right out of it and go find some leftist somewhere to listen to that you may like better. And as far as the American people, yeah, the American people have spoken, and unfortunately, a lot of those American people who have spoken haven't been with us for decades. A lot of those American people who have spoken – are getting the bonus pack. A lot of those American people who have spoken haven't necessarily fulfilled the legal obligations and requirements to pass a legal ballot. So sorry, pal. You're welcome to listen or you're welcome to get to step in. In the meanwhile, Ken, <laughs> sorry for the delay. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Uh, your calls for peace are, of course, uh, admirable. Uh, and uh, thought-provoking, and uh, I appreciate you being here. But before we get into anything else, I want you to let people know where they can find your work. Uh, let them know about the website and where they can find you on social media for at least as long as us uh, conservatives are allowed to continue on social media platforms. Well, I appreciate that, but I just want to tell you, Tim, there is medication for what your problem is tonight. We can calm you down. They come in little pink tablets and blue tablets. Yeah. You can you are wound up, my friend. I've never heard you like this. Mm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well if if you care to follow me, Twitter's 
right now seem to be taking followers away from me today for some reason. But uh, I'm at KWR Crow, lowercase, on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Uh, it's the Conservative Daily Briefing Group, R. Kim Crow, the guy with the cowboy hat on. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, R. Conservative Daily Briefing.com. Now, I do have some breaking news for you. Uh, doesn't involve the president per se, but if you want to hear it, I'll give it to you. But this is huge. Uh, we are opening up a new website that will be under construction here in the next couple of weeks after some legal work's done. But it's called createchangenow.org. And we're putting a super pack with it. We're going to tie it to several other things, and we're going to start getting involved in bankrolling people running for Congress and Senate, good guys. And uh, we're going to be holding major events around the nation. Uh, we've, we've been blessed with a backer that's uh, got very deep pockets. And he's excited. And one of the things we're doing on this website is we are going to be listing all the companies that we should boycott, starting with CNN, MSNBC, Target, Starbucks, and all the rest. We're also going to give you alternatives. So we tell you, do not go to McDonald's because, and we list the reasons, because they donate to this anti-American group. They do this, they do that. But if you like chicken sandwiches, Chick-fil-A is where you need to go. So we're going to be referring people to the good guys and trying to bust some of these renegades up that are damaging our country. And uh, I got to tell you, it's an old cowboy from West Texas that's buying this. And he came up with the idea and called me and I said, baby, I am on board. Let's jump in. And he said, I want to take Nancy Pelosi out. And I said, let's do it. <laughs> so that's what we're going to be doing for the next couple of years. Um, but in the end, Tim, we can't afford. There's a lot of people right now calling, we need to go burn Washington down. We need to do this. Look, that's a genie you can't put back in the bottle. How many people do you think are going to die? In today's era, you know, back then they had muskets that didn't go very far and they weren't aimed real well. And, you know, a lot of people lost a leg and what have you. We've got weapons today in the hands of militias and various groups that are good, various groups that are not so good that they can literally kill hundreds of people a minute. We can't afford that on the streets of the United States. Right. Even if even if we disagree with an election, we suck it up, we bite our tongues, we fix the problem over the next four years, and hopefully the next one goes better. We we can't afford to lose twelve million people, and it, I'm not saying this directed toward you. But do you have any idea what that would do to the stock market and the world economy? This nation crumbles. We take half the free world with us. Well, more Literally. than half. More than half. Ken. Yeah. 
More than half. The, well, the, the world The world depends yeah. on America way more than it wants to acknowledge. But I'm going to have to push back a little bit uh, on you there, Kim. First of all, I like the idea of a website that's actually using the leftist tactics against them. Might as well uh, start utilizing the rules for radicals too because it's time we got a little radical ourselves. But when it comes – to the discussion about violence on the street, it's not the guys on our side that are out there right now that are tracing down people who happen to be on the Portland City Council because he refuses to vote to defund the police. It's not the people on our side that are out there on the streets causing all oh, the problems and burning Kim, everything down. I gotta, but, Kim, i got to jump in for a second. If the president does not come out when, when they resolve some of this voting stuff tomorrow, if he is in fact the loser and he doesn't come out and squash this and he makes little comments like he did the other day, stand down but stand by and makes a few comments like that, oh no, our side is going to be coming out. And that's when it's going to get really, really ugly. And that is what I don't want to see. Because well, our side, let's face it, loves guns, and well, we own a lot of them. I, I'm with you on that as far as not wanting to see it, but like we were talking uh, earlier, uh, not this past week, but the week before, uh, you know, there's only so far some people are going to be pushed, and we're seeing that. Uh, a lot of, and as far as uh, Trump's comment about uh, stand back, stand by. You know that was Trump being his usual inarticulate self. He's not a very precise communicator a majority of the time. He was basically trying to say. Those words came out of a president of the United States' mouth. It does not matter. Politics is perception, and it It does not matter. It does not matter how it was said. The fact is it was said. It doesn't matter if it's in jest. It's like that famous comment, well, why don't you go get a syringe full of Clorox and shoot it up? That'll kill it. Now, you know and I know he was teasing, but still, for a president to say that, you know, this is a guy that can make a comment and the stock market crashes 5,000 points in a day out of one comment. A person with that kind of power has to be very, very careful and their word selection and what they say and how they say things. I'm sorry. I didn't make the rules, but those are the rules, okay? Well, I, I don't disagree. Ken. Every word he says. I don't disagree. And, but the problem is they, while they're listening to every word he says, they completely ignore the context. Now, it wasn't a case of kidding. That was Donald Trump's effort to try and say, okay, yeah, stand down, because he had no idea, or at least he claimed to have no idea who the Proud Boys are. But he when knew it came, who the Proud Boys were. Maybe, yourself. maybe so. Like I said, he claims to not have. But regardless of whether he does or doesn't, we know who the Proud Boys are. The Proud Boys are not white supremacists the way the leftist media wants you to think. The Proud Boys exist because people got tired of watching Antifa running around on the streets trying to punch out old ladies and hit uh, I, I get two it. veterans I get it. with a baseball bat. The By point the way, is, please explain to bringing it Bowie that I am a conservative. He, he's on here saying I'm not a conservative. 
Oh, bringing it, boy. Uh, yeah, Ken is conservative, okay? But Ken is trying to get to a peaceful resolution. And, and I'll, I'll remind everybody again, like I did uh, last week when Ken was on, uh, that when, when he's on here, like a lot of folks, he's going to say some things when he's giving you his honest opinion that it doesn't necessarily mean that he likes it. It doesn't mean that's the way he wants it to be, but it's the way he sees the reality on the ground. Ken thank, is thank a you. a very good, honest to goodness fight for America patriotic conservative. I can tell you that much. But the problem is right now we are in a point in time where so many people are questioning so many other people's motives that it's hard for us to realize. Again, like I was saying beforehand, we've got to get to a point where we work together and start with where our um, where we're in agreement and go from there. Now, I want a peaceful resolution, Ken. I do, and I've been saying that for a long time. I've been accused of being a Pollyanna. I've been accused of being somebody who focuses too much on policy and not enough on culture, and I think I've evolved a long way from that point in time, but I still believe policy is important, which is why I'm scared to death of how much more damage is going to happen under a Harris presidency, and we all know that that's a best-case scenario right now. Well, I I would like to – could I have the floor for just a minute and and make a point with this fellow New Orleans wake wake up? I'm guessing it's a fellow. Um, Look, I was in Detroit recently, and I ran a congressional race up there uh, against uh, Rashida Tlaib. Uh, no, I'm not a fence sitter either <laughs> bringing it. But at any rate, uh, one morning I walked out of the hotel, and, I, and this is when the uh, uh, fires and trashing in Minneapolis was happening over the death of uh, Mr. Floyd up there. And uh, there were these three young black, four, four young black men sitting on the patio having their morning coffee and I walked up and sat down with them and I said can I ask you guys a quick question I said because I truly am perplexed I do not understand and I'm being very honest with you I do not understand is there truly systemic racism in America and you know that's a word we've recently learned systemic and uh, it's on the tip of everybody's tongues today and they looked at me and they said, yes, sir, it is. And I said, you're, you're kidding, because I, I don't see it. I, I don't. They said, well, let's give you an example. These two guys here are still seniors in high school, and myself and my friend were freshmen in college. And we, we had to go to a college that we really didn't want to, but we're going because we want college education. And I said, okay, so what's the problem? They said, well, we were all four educated in the Detroit school system. And in the Detroit school system, you're not offered biology, trigonometry, and some of these courses, calculus and things like this, that you need to be able to score well on your SAT exam. So what they're doing is they're keeping these kids out of better colleges through SAT scoring 
by not giving them the subjects and allowing them to take the subjects that they need to take to go to a Notre Dame or a Stanford or a Harvard or whatever, whatever, okay? And I thought, my God, you got to be kidding me. They go, no, 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 you go out to Novi, and he named several suburbs out there, and you can take all those courses, but we can't go to Novi because we're not allowed to go to Novi. We have to go to the school that's in our neighborhood because of the restrictions. I said, well, you realize this is something Donald Trump's trying to get past where you can do this and you can go to the school of your choice. I said, we know, and that's why we're supporting him. But I was totally unaware, and this is and it, it's permeated through through industry, corporations, and it's this way all over. And there is systemic racism, and I was totally unaware of it. My son was telling me about some of the schools there in Knoxville, and and how they do the same thing there. And I thought, my God, you got to be kidding me! That is not fair. You're right; it's not. But yet we're doing it, and we've been doing it since the beginning of this nation at one level or another. And, you know, call me a liberal if you like. No, I don't like injustice. I don't like injustice and abusing people simply because you have the power to do it. And, my friend, that's what's been going on. It goes back to that famous Lyndon Bain Johnson quote. Now we own the N-word for the next 200 years. And he was serious. And that's why he did what he did with the, with the, uh, with the uh, big societal bill that he passed back in 1965 where he gave everybody welfare and food stamps. But, oh, by the way, you're not allowed to be married. So now he's breaking up the families. That's part of the deal. You have to be single. And then, by the way, each child that you have, we're going to give you more money so that we grow the voting base for the Democrat Party. And that's what it was all designed to do. I don't like injustice, Tim. I don't like cruelty. And inj- I get really mad when I see people abusing an animal. I mean, I don't like abuse of any kind. Now, if that makes me a liberal, then fine, call me a liberal. I think it makes me a noble person to defend the weak and to defend those that can't defend themselves. Because that's what I'm trying to do. And I don't want to see five million dead bodies laying in the middle of the streets of America because we're unable to talk and get along. How stupid is that? Because that's exactly what will happen. You get 100,000 of these guys driving their Ford F-150 4x4s up to Washington, D.C., flying the rebel flag, carrying their AR-15s into the mall, we're going to have problems. And that's exactly what's getting ready to happen. Go ahead. I'll shut up now. <laughs> All right, kid. Uh, I, you know what? We are uh, running out of time for this hour real quick. But I would like to uh, address what you said. And first and foremost, I don't think we're uh, to the point where you should expect uh, the Bubba effect straight out. But I do think it's important. <laughs> it's important Bubba. to notice exactly 
who it is that's responsible for the injustice and who's been fighting for everyone to be treated fairly and equitably. It, there is nothing non-conservative about acknowledging when there have been injustices. But it is very, very non-conservative to ignore who's responsible for those and who's been working to try and change it. When we live in an age of cancel culture for somebody who's willing to just to poke their nose, just a, a smidge outside of the accepted thought process, that's where we're at today. Uh, so, Ken, I want to thank you for being here with me this hour, and uh, we'll definitely have to get you on a little more frequently. I, I've been remiss in having you on, uh, and I want to give a shout-out as well to the folks listening uh, over at uh, – at uh, WCET, uh, folks hanging out in that particular chat room with Casey, Michael Ferris, Surf, Brandy. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Bigfoot, bringing it boy, Crazy Cajun. Of course, you're over there, Ken. Uh, New Orleans wake up in here stirring stuff up as he uh, likes to do. And of course, uh, Chief uh, hanging out with us as well. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, going to have to shut down this first hour. Uh, hour number two is going to remain live here at BTR, but I've got to say goodbye to everybody over at WCET. So you guys keep listening to the claims that are up next. And in the meanwhile, uh, if you're here at BTR, stay where you're at. Uh, I have another guest coming up in the second hour, so we'll get there. We'll continue with my thoughts uh, as well. But uh, again, Ken, thank you so much for being here. And uh, everybody remember whatever – Whatever else you take from uh, tonight's broadcast, don't take my word for not one little bit of it. Be prepared to do your own homework, and oh yes, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And meanwhile, stay safe, uh, stay healthy, and uh, be smart, even if it kind of goes against your nature. Uh, stay right where you're at if you're at BTR. Otherwise, bye for now. Oh, the same way.
first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government and with three little words we the people we the people tell the government what to do it doesn't tell us we the people are the driver the government is the car and we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our Constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, 
are free. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. As government expands, liberty contracts. That kind of communication is something we're missing these days. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. I do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful, although somewhat fired up host Tim Tap. And I'm coming to you live right now uh, from beautiful, scenic, rural, and historic Rome County, Tennessee. And uh, for the benefit of those of you that are listening uh, to the rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country, uh, just in case uh, it's a little dated by the time you hear this, the time of the live broadcast is November the 6th. It's 2020, and it's a few brief moments after 8 p.m. Eastern. I want to thank you and welcome everybody who is here, uh, even New Orleans Wake Up, who's just enjoying his victory lap and coming in here to see how riled up he can get the rest of us but uh you know what again i i want conversations guys i do i want conversations i want truth i always did that's why i decided to get behind a microphone in the first place but at the end of the day i still am here to fight for the principles that i believe in and i'm Sorry to say, New Orleans, I, I think you're backing an administration that is going to take us back in the wrong direction. That's going to lead to the demise of the republic. They don't have the best interests of the American people at heart. And you, you just in the chat room wanted to talk about how uh, Trump, Trump is a New York con man with mafia ties. The the underworld seedy ties that. Uh, Long-term, lifelong politicians, regardless of ill cap, makes Donald Trump look like a, a choir boy. But regardless of how you feel about what's coming down with this election, first and foremost, victory lap might be a little premature. There are still a lot of things going on, and Arizona is not a done deal yet, despite what a lot of people are thinking. Georgia is not a done deal yet, and litigation may end up throwing out a lot of uh, votes that don't belong there. Same thing could very well happen in Pennsylvania. Plenty of shenanigans going on, and until every last vote is counted and every bit of litigation is done, it's not over. And Donald Trump should fight. Donald Trump should continue to fight to maintain that because not because he's the only guy who should be president. Not because it's the will of the people, but because that's the promise he made. That's what makes him so very dangerous to the establishment, because he made promises, and then he actually tried to keep them. His accomplishments far outweigh what any modern president has managed to do, and he's done so fighting not only the opposition party, not only the legacy mainstream media, but also close to half of the very hostile members of his own party because he wasn't a statesman. You should know that Joe Biden doesn't give half a rat's backside about certain communities in this country, and he's demonstrated it throughout his 
nearly 50 years in politics. His plan towards COVID is exactly everything that Donald Trump did and has been doing and is currently doing. His plan for the economy is to take us back to shipping everything to China. His plan for social America, uh, I'm going to pretend like the Constitution gives me more authority than it does. And we're going to secretly start uh, agreeing to the new Green Deal, the Green New Deal, the Green Deal upside. Somebody hand me my slippers. Oh, come on, man. You know the thing. What's that, Kamala? Kamala over here just just told me I, I need to go take my nap. Do you honestly believe that this is the right direction? Of course Not because you care about America, not because you care about the fact that there was a rising tide in this country, not because you care about the fact that COVID was an unexpected, unknowable thing, and not because you uh, give even the slightest care that the third quarter economic recovery was record-setting, and that was with nearly half the country still on shutdown. There's a reason why a large number of Hispanics and a reason why a large number of black Americans moved towards Trump. Largest numbers for a Republican candidate in history. Why? Because they moved past the cancel culture. They moved past the dogma of the Democratic Party. They understand that when Antifa and the organization BLM shows up and starts burning down their neighborhoods instead of their own. That something is wrong. They understand that Marxism is not something that works anywhere in the world except for the few people that are on the top. No system has raised more people out of poverty than capitalism. No nation has done more to promote freedom and liberty around the world than this one. No president in modern history has been more respectful of the federalist system that we had established than Donald J. Trump. Why didn't he have a national plan to fight COVID? Because that's not how our country is set up, nor should it be. Every other world leader, every other leader anywhere around the world used COVID-19 as an excuse to grab, grow more power for themselves. Not Donald Trump. If you move past the rhetoric, if you move past the fact that you just don't like the way he talks, we've not had a more successful president fighting for the American people. You can say whatever you want. You can keep calling him a racist if you want to. Pretty well documented he's not. You can keep saying uh, he's this or he's that. You can go the Uyghur Young Turks route and talk about how he's got an IQ of 70 and ah. (laughs) Well, tell me why, New Orleans. Okay, New Orleans, wake up, is still in the chat room. And he says that Biden can uh, sleep and uh, flagellate all day uh, if that's what he wants. As far as he's concerned, uh, he's better than Trump in the White House. Why? What makes Biden better? 
What's one thing he's accomplished? 50 – nearly a 50-year resume in the federal government. What's he accomplished for America? What's his plan to sit back and let other people just do the job? I mean while you're in the middle of feeling sorry for me, maybe you ought to start feeling sorry for the rest of America because it's going to be America that suffers. It's going to be individual liberty that suffers because that's what happens when people of a certain mindset are in charge and think they have more power than they're allowed under the Constitution. So tell me, what makes Biden better? Barely there, Beijing, Biden, what makes him better? The fact that he's going to instantly move us right back into the Paris Climate Accords? Look, while we've been out of the climate accords of Paris, the private sector has been focused on reducing carbon emissions, and guess what happened? We're far ahead of what any other country's virtue signaling about the reductions actually done. Biden will be more respected by the Senate. Really? You think so? More respected or thought to be more of uh, uh, their guy? Look, I'm not a big fan of people who have been in the legislative body becoming uh, the top executive in the first place. I think executive experience is what's required. But you think he's going to be more respected, or do you think that a lot of people are just going to think he's a pushover and that they're going to be able to manipulate him more? That's not respect, my friend. <clears throat> Biden loves America. Biden loves money. <laughs> and it can't be content if you're no, no, I, I, I want this particular conversation, Chief, uh, but for the moment, just I, I want to know because here's the thing. I talked to people who were supporting Biden beforehand, and I talked to people who are still supporting Biden right now, and I'm still yet to get a legitimate answer about why they voted for Biden. And it continues to be more about a vote against Donald Trump, and nine times out of ten, it's either because they have believed – the media disinformation about Donald Trump, or they're just so tribal in their belief that Democrats good, Republicans bad. I've not gotten a good straight answer. Well, anybody's better than Trump. That's not the answer to why you voted for Biden. I mean, if you just wanted to vote against Trump, why didn't you vote for Joe Jorgensen? Why didn't you vote for Kanye West? Several people did in various states. So if you just wanted to vote against Trump, you could have found somebody else to vote for. Why did you vote for Biden? Well, I didn't want to throw my vote away. You would rather destroy the American economy. You would rather move us closer to socialism in this country. <laughs> uh, all right, at any rate, coming up on the bottom of the hour today, I'm just scheduled to be joined once again by Miss uh, Sandra Lee. She's, of course, the uh, author of Dear Donald, Letters from a Loving Deplorable, and the new uh, 2020 election book, Dear Donald, Four More Years, which unfortunately uh, is kind of looking like, although I'm telling you, the, things are far from settled, and regardless uh, – 
serves as a wake-up call, if nothing else. But it, it does seem like a, a book that will be a little more than just more letters from people who are fans of somebody who's willing to stand up and fight for the little guy. Because that's what's happened here. You know, the the worst thing about the current divide in this country is the fact that both sides think they're right. The worst part is that conservatives typically tend to think that, okay, well, our, our left-leaning friends over here mean well. They're just slightly misguided. The problem is there's way too many of the folks over there on the left side that just flat out want to pretend like every conservative is evil. Every conservative is Hitler or a Nazi when, oh, by the way, historical fact, and it would be good if you guys knew a little more history instead of trying to tear down and hide history from everyone. Uh, the Nazis were not conservatives, kind of the other way. What is, in fact, evil is a group of uh, people who are globalists who want to see borders torn down for their own enrichment and who continue to see the United States Constitution as an impediment to their designs for global efforts. That's what evil is. Evil is the fact that a party that claims to be standing up and fighting for minorities continue to fight against school choice. Evil is an organization that continues to get taxpayer funding despite the fact that they were founded by a eugenicist who had a single goal of trying to eliminate who she considered – talking about Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood – who she considered undesirables. And guess who was on top of her list? There's a reason why you find most Planned Parenthoods in certain communities. There's a reason why cities across this nation who have been run almost exclusively by Democrats for decades look closer to third world country than they do to their former glory as formerly great American cities, and you can take your pick on which ones you want to, to point out. There's a reason why we didn't see these type of election shenanigans in the states that were not swing states. In certain places, it just doesn't make any sense to try and manipulate outcomes. It's Friday night, and I'm should be uh, preparing to enjoy a, a great football game upcoming between my volunteers and the Arkansas Razorbacks. But instead, we still have this overhanging question about how things are going to play out. And right now, <coughs> it looks like the fix is in, boys and girls. Right now, it looks highly likely. <clears throat> highly likely that Joe Biden is going to be determined, going to be declared as the victor of the 2020 elections. Despite the fact that 
there's been clear-cut instances of shenanigans and an effort to try and avoid transparency. I said this back in the first hour tonight. Shouldn't we want more transparency, not less? Isn't that the only way to make the people that are desperate to hang on to any conspiracy theory they can? Isn't that the only way to get them to acknowledge the outcome of the election? Now, Ken Crow was with us back in the first hour, and Ken said a lot of things because at this point – and I, I've been having conversations with him off air uh, probably more in the last couple of weeks than I have had in, well, far too long, and, and that's on my fault. I need to make more time to stay in touch with him. That's, that's all on me, but we have went literally through the gambit of – Filling down, filling up, filling hopeful again right before Election Day because polls were breaking a certain way, and it's pretty clear that there are still some things that are extremely difficult to explain, things that don't typically happen in straight-up elections. You don't very often see lots of votes suddenly appear, and it's 100 percent for one candidate. You don't often see… Hundreds of thousands of votes suddenly appear, and none of them voted for anyone on the down ballot. I want this settled. I would prefer it settled with only legal, legitimate votes that were cast to be counted, and that that be how the results are determined… And I do not want to see Antifa on the streets or the Proud Boys coming up and uh, trying to resist whatever. I don't want to see the Bubba effect in full effect. I don't want to see armed conflicts and pockets on the street. But I can tell you this. Antifa, and in some cases BLM or people claiming to be, L- to be BLM… They've already made it clear that Biden being elected doesn't matter. They're on the streets, and they're burning down cities till they get their way. And do you honestly think a Biden administration is going to do jack about it? Do you honestly think that the, these cities where the mayors and governors have been standing down for – what is it now? It's a, what nearly 170 days in the case of Portland? Longer in Seattle. Do you honestly think these people are going to be able to do anything short of calling in the National Guard and turning them loose to actually commit the same acts of violence that they were scared to death Donald Trump was going to do? There's only one way to squash that type of behavior, and we should have never come to it. We should have never gotten to this place. In America, we shouldn't have. But we let people divide us. And we stopped talking to each other and started talking past each other. We got to the point where it was more important to be snarky and have the funniest comment than to have a thoughtful conversation. And it's not all on one side either, because we we saw this 
back in 2016 during the Republican primary. Ken was talking earlier about families that have been split up over voting uh, for Trump or against Trump. Notice I didn't say for Biden. But we saw that same kind of action going on in the primaries for Trump or for Cruz, for Trump or for Rubio. And I was saying then, why are we having this much division? Why, why is this even an issue? There was this foregone conclusion that an outsider could never come in and upset the apple cart, and sure enough, he managed to do just that because nobody took him seriously. And he went to work to do what he said he wanted to do, and that made the swamp dwellers nervous, and that made the swamp dwellers unhappy because he meant it. When he said he wanted Washington to work for America again. If you have to choose, as a world leader, if you have to choose being respected or being feared, take fear. If you have to choose, I'd prefer both. You think Donald Trump was a joke on the international policy in the foreign stage? He tried something with North Korea. He tried something different. Hadn't been done before. It certainly worked better than appeasement on China. Some people didn't like that because some people are in China's pockets. He did more to bring about meaningful relations and possible peaceful existence between certain Arab states and Israel. Than anyone in history has accomplished. He was legitimately nominated not once, not twice, not three times, but four times for a Nobel Peace Prize. And of course, the Nobel uh, Prize group decided to give it to a charity, uh, which, strangely enough, a charity that Hunter Biden had a lot to do with. Tell me that's not a thumb in the eye. Now, Trump doesn't need the Nobel Peace Prize. The Nobel Peace Prize hasn't meant anything since they gave it to Barack Obama for literally breathing. And I'm not certain if giving it to Al Gore over the An Inconvenient Truth uh, mockumentary uh, elevated it back up some or took it further down. I'm not sure. It's, it's about even. Do you know how many Americans have no idea that Trump was legitimately nominated for it? Because the mainstream legacy media doesn't want to tell the truth about things that happened. And yet we've been promised we're going to go back and uh, talk to Iran. Go ahead. Let's, let's get back into that Iranian deal and see how long it is before there's war in the Middle East again. Let's go back into the climate accords because, after all, it's way more important to virtue signal than to stand with actual virtue, isn't it? The fight's ours again, those. The fight is ours again. Now, if through some miracle and the courts come through and turns out that Donald Trump gets to stay at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue – uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't look like it right now, but if it turns out that way, then great. But that doesn't mean that we get to stop either. But if he's removed it, that, that means the fight is ours again. It's up to us to defend the republic. It's up to us to defend 
the progress that we have made as a nation to try to move forward with that progress rather than to let that progress be destroyed, rather than to revert towards a meaningless sloth false dream of a utopia of socialism. The fight is ours. And right now I'm not talking about actual fighting on the streets. I'm talking about preaching the principles. I'm talking about teaching the children that this nation it was not founded on 1619 principles but was founded on 1776 principles. And whether you agree or disagree about where we are at in trying to live up to the promises made in those founding documents, we don't get any closer to it by stepping back or walking away or ignoring the fact that some flawed men made some very good points, and we, had, we have made a lot of progress at living up to that. I've got to take the mid-hour break. And then on the other side, uh, hopefully, I will have tonight's guest. So you guys stay where you're at. I'll be right back. If the 2020 election was fair and transparent, then pigs are flying all over the place. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, free and fair elections are a pipe dream. In Michigan, there are 5,450. 53,000 registered voters, yet leftist Democrats projected 5,716,581 votes, bringing in a 105% total, I guess for good measure, to cheat their way to victory. Poll workers in Detroit were paid $600 by Mark Hay. There's no cheating Zuckerberg. The reliable Project Veritage truth seekers videotaped postal workers in beautiful Traverse City, Michigan, postmarking late arriving ballots with the November 3rd date to get around Michigan's law, which plainly stipulates, for one and all, ballots must be postmarked by 8 p.m. Election Day evening. There are similar examples of Democrats cheating elsewhere throughout the republic, in Arizona and Nevada, for example. Of course, Democrats swear there is no wrongdoing like they used to do when they would hang black Americans from trees in the Deep South and swear no laws were broken and that blacks were slap-happy. I'm Ron Edwards. Don't miss the Ron Edwards American Experience talk show on WCETradio.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins for your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Did you know that the VA drastically expanded telehealth during the pandemic? Telehealth allows you to stay in your home and visit with a doctor. Prior to the outbreak of the epidemic, the VA system conducted about 2,500 telehealth video sessions daily. Today, it's increased a 1,000% with more than 25,000 telehealth calls every day. Here's your veteran's tip of the day. Make contact with your local VA facility and find out how you can enroll in telehealth. It'll improve the quality of your care. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us Veterans Tip of the Day. Late nighters and WCET radio listeners around the world, listen up. The shop is here, and you can order WCET radio and your favorite shows, Swag, right now. And show your friends and your neighbors you're awake by wearing one of our many shirts, including our Stop the Censorship shirt. That one is a hot seller. So get yours while supplies last. We have coffee mugs, clocks, so you never miss your favorite shows. 
books, mouse pads, and more coming soon. Just go to WCETradio.com and click the shop link. That's WCETradio.com and get to shopping. Hey, late-nighters, keep up with all things WCET Radio by joining our mailing list. Just go to the bottom of the homepage and fill in the Stay Informed form. Then click the Get Latest News button. You will get everything from guest info and show info and other important station-related information. So sign up now and get a special promo offer just for email subscribers. Become a WCET late-nighter today. What is a late-nighter, you ask? A late-nighter is a loyal listener who wants access to the WCET radio shows on demand and wants to contribute to the station's growth with an annual or monthly listener contribution. Late-nighters also get priority access to host call-in shows, special WCET swag, and late-nighter-only events on the network. Become an annual late-nighter and get a free WCET Stop the Censorship t-shirt sent directly to you all over the world. Just click one of Become a Late-Nighter buttons all over WCETradio.com to subscribe. Without you, there is no us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I do want to remind you that that is so very true, especially now more than ever. When it comes to any conservative voices out there, without you guys listening and, uh, you know, uh, occasionally ponying up a little cash, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, there really isn't any us. And uh, right now, uh, probably as close to any time in our history where conservative voices needed to be very concerned about where we were going to be allowed to speak out. And as a result, I'm going to try and get the most bang for the buck and get as many opportunities to speak with other great great American conservatives and patriots from across the country as I can, including tonight's a very special guest. Uh, she is the author of Dear Donald, Letters from a Loving Deplorable, as well as the new 2020 election book, Dear Donald, Four More Years. Uh, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, <laughs> of course, I'm talking about, once again, back with us, Miss Sandra Lee. Uh, Sandra, first of all, again, thank you so much for spending part of your Friday evening uh, with us. I appreciate you coming in, and how are you this evening? Oh, I'm very good. You know, you just cannot... You cannot dampen my enthusiasm for Donald Trump. Amazon is giving me a hard time about this book because it has a picture of me on the cover with balloons and confetti and fireworks and four more years for Donald Trump, and I'm a real Donald Trump fan. Well, they thought it was a little bit presumptuous, but thank God for Barnes & Noble because they're allowing me to sell it through them. And you know... I just, with all this going on, and there is so much going on against this man right now, I firmly believe that God has a plan. Why he would choose this way of of proceeding, I don't know, but I've been praying about it and thinking about it, and I think this is an opportunity to blow the lid off the corruption in the Democratic Party. The more we dig, the more we find the most obnoxious 
overwhelming, dishonest, illegal behavior in the voting process. Donald Trump told us this was coming. He saw this coming. He wanted to stop it, but no, between the China virus and then insisting that we vote in all these weird ways and not be able to go to the polls, boy, is it going to backfire. It's going to backfire on these Democrats because the harder they try to cover it up, the more apparent their corruption becomes. Yeah, I I think it's pretty clear. First and foremost, uh, these forces that have aligned against Trump and, of course, the American people in general, even though half the country doesn't seem to understand that, they're simply not accustomed to somebody who's willing to keep punching back even when it looks like the fight has been lost. He's not going to just give up and go away. And at the end of the day, we we knew it was coming. I mean we all knew it was coming, Uh, and the mainstream legacy media tipped their hand on this some time ago when they insisted on keep asking that uh, if if you're declared the loser, will you step aside? And, of course, Trump responded, well, yeah, if it's a legitimate election, of course. Uh, now, he said it in his very Trumpian way, so, of course, everybody wants to make hay out of the fact that Donald isn't necessarily the most precise of communicators. But once you know how Donald, Donald Trump talks, then you know what Donald Trump is saying. And, and I'm sorry, context is important, and when you take things out of context, people want to make mountains out of mohills. I had a conversation with actually a, a very good conservative back in the first hour of the show where we kind of ha- had a little bit of a back and forth on uh, Trump's statement in the uh, – uh, in the debate in regards to talking about the Proud Boys, okay, stand back, stand ready, when when we know he was trying to respond and simply say that, that uh, okay, Proud Boys, stand down. Uh, and he should have said it that way, but Donald Trump didn't want to just repeat what was being said, and he shouldn't be performing like a trained monkey. He's the president of the United States, for crying out loud. But people oh, have but been know, trying Biden to make a bigger deal. Biden whatever he wants. Biden says one yeah, come on. thing after another. And they never make him wrong. Listen, Trump is not perfect, but he's close. He's close to perfect. This man is a miracle, an absolute miracle. And, you know, Congresswoman Michelle Bachman has been sending out some beautiful material to inspire the voters, to mobilize the mighty in prayer. She's a very prayerful woman. She says you have to storm the gates of heaven. And, and get this man through. You can't give up. And and don't leave it on the battlefield. Keep fighting, you know. And, and I was inspired by listening to all the ways that she referenced scripture in her encouragement of the voters now who are so disappointed in the way the Democrats are behaving. And my book, which I never expected my books to be spiritual, it was not my intention. And yet every single page about my life, about Donald Trump's life, is filled with the Holy Spirit, is filled, filled with some, something godlike. And I'm thinking, why me? Am I writing this way? It's like pouring out of me. I think I was destined to write this book four more years, and I've started a third book, which is called Dear Donald, A Rainbow in a Winter Sky. I'll tell you why he's going to be a rainbow in a winter sky, because this country, 
a good half of this country has gone stone cold, crazy, cruel, and dishonest. And we need a rainbow in a winter sky. We need somebody like Donald Trump who never gives up. I wanted to give up this morning. I said, that's it. I'm not going to write the third book. book. This is crazy. And now we're going to lose this election. And then I started praying, and I started thinking about Donald Trump. And the last page of my book, which was a description of Donald Trump in that beautiful event where he was at – he was talking about the Kennedy Space Center, and and he said in his speech, when everything seems hopeless, and boy, it sure felt hopeless to me this morning, you stand strong and proud. He said, I'm standing strong and proud here at the Kennedy Space Center, and I'm speaking tenderly to the nation about the cruel death of George Floyd at the hand of police brutality, and I'm offering encouragement and optimism regarding our national and global recovery from the Wuhan virus. I'm standing tall, and I'm asking you to do the same, full of dreams and visions and aspirations and reminders that God tells us all things are possible. You praise private industry and Elon Musk's SpaceX. You celebrate our past successes and trumpet our grandest dreams. I stand before you, he said as a friend and an ally to every American seeking justice and peace. I stand before you in firm opposition to anyone exploiting this tragedy by looting, robbing, attacking, and menacing. Healing, not hatred. Justice, not chaos, are the missions at hand. You remind us, dear Donald, to hold on to our dreams, I said. You command us to reach for the moon for the stars, for Mars, and we will reach with a renewed spirit, with God's help, and together we will dance among those stars. And I'll tell you something. That was the end of book two. I'm going to write book three, and I am not giving up on this man. I am not giving up on him. He's chosen by God for this work, and I'm going to make sure he gets a chance to do it. Well, you know, I I don't blame you at all. In fact, I keep going back and forth myself between – that that negative feeling uh, that you were talking about, and then that hopeful feeling, because I know the character. I was not on the Trump train to start with. I had a lot of concerns about Donald Trump. I, I did not want him to be the nominee, but then once he became the nominee, I was set back and said, all right, Donald, here you go. Here's your chance. Convince me, and he did. I mean he, he went uh, head and shoulders above uh, what my greatest expectations were. And I continue to be amazed by it, but I know something else too. He doesn't like to lose. And I think should he end up ultimately uh, not being declared the uh, the president of the United States after all the dust settles with this, I don't think he's going to give up this fight. I, I don't think that he believed – what it was exactly the fight he was called to do. But I think he, he goes – I don't think he's going to try to stay in the White House. That's not what I'm saying. I know some people are, oh, do you hear that? He's going to – no. I think he's going to take his wealth, and I think he's going to start finding new ways to try and reinvigorate 
a true conservative movement in this country to push back against these leftists. Because I mean, one of one of the reasons why I wanted you on tonight is because you also have been an educator. And I came across this story and I know you've been speaking out about it, but we're literally living in a country right now where people uh, who are parents are so tired of the lockdowns that U.S. citizens have been leaving this country to go somewhere where the schools are open. Now, that's not an issue in places like where I'm at. I'm down here in Tennessee, but there are a lot of places where people have been intentionally trying to make life miserable for the citizens of their state and hoping that that would make them vote for a change at the uh, at the top spot. But in the meanwhile, the people – there are tons of people that have become so miserable with this that they want what's best for their uh, kids that they're literally leaving the country. Uh, would you speak to that for just a little bit? We have to be brave, patient, and strong. I honestly feel, Tim, that Donald Trump is going to hold the presidency. I think he's going to fight back against this evil. I think in a couple of months, it's all going to look very different. I think the schools will open. The children will be fine. I think we've all learned a great deal from this experience. We've learned about who China really is. We've learned about some of the things that are going wrong in our schools, and we'll work to correct them. We've learned about how completely corrupt the Democratic Party is. And Donald Trump is not going to leave the White House. I can tell you he's not. He's going to win this fight because this man knows how to win. And that's my message. And I'm standing by it. Okay. And I I certainly hope you're right right now. It it looks like a tough road. But that's also why I've been calling since Wednesday for Donald Trump to – to go to the courts if need be, to fight that fight. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that it works out the way that would be best for the country, even if about half of the country doesn't understand that. Uh, but again, I really think that Donald Trump, should he not come out on top, which I, I know you're not conceding that, and I'm not conceding it either, but I am thinking, should that be the case, that he's going to find a way to stay in the fight and be. Uh, be positive, but uh, I do think it, it makes a lot of statement in regards again to uh, American citizens leaving the country just to get their kids back in school. Under a Biden administration, those people may decide not to come back. Well, they uh, might. What? <laughs> they might. Listen, <laughs> Biden is not somebody America wants for president. And um, I didn't write Dear Donald four more years because I didn't believe that he would be in the White House for the next four years. I believed it then. I believe it now. And I I say it with a full heart and a strong spiritual stand from page one to the end of the book. And I hope you'll read it because maybe you'll be on my side when you do. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, Sandra, I think I'm pretty much on your side already. I just – I. I have to try to be a pragmatist too, and, and at the same time, uh, I have those aspirations, I, and I certainly believe that you're right insofar as a rainbow and that winter sky because we, we need that, and I think you still can be that force. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and please let everybody know where they can find your work, and if you're inviting people to follow you on social media, share that as well. 
Oh, well, you can get the book at Barnes & Noble, Dear Donald, Four More Years, and you can reach me at Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-Y, 717 at cox.net. We'd love to talk to you. All right. Again, thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to getting an opportunity to speak with you again. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us again tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Nice to be with you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that, of course, is Miss Sandra Lee, author of uh, the Dear Donald Letters from a Loving Deplorable, which there's a link to Amazon in the show description there. And, of course, the new book, uh, Dear Donald, Four More Years, that you can find at Barnes & Noble but isn't at Amazon. And I do not have a link to that, but they take the time. I do also have links in today's show description uh, to Amazon for uh, Ken Crow's book, Ego in a Tea Bag, uh, where he gives the down low of the Tea Party movement. And it's actually a very good book. If, uh, if you haven't already picked up a copy and read it, I highly recommend it. You can uh, just hit that link in the show description if you like. And, of course, there's also a link to Conservative Daily Briefing, uh, where Ken is the managing editor as well as the purveyor. So uh, be sure to check that out. Now uh, – I'm going to peek back in the chat room. Oh, and the uh, first thing I see down here at the bottom is Ken saying, I didn't like her. Well, that's not a surprise at this point, is it, sir? Look, I get it. You're you're in here. You're trying to get your victory lap in. You told us a while back you were going to, uh, and we, we I'm surprised you weren't in here Wednesday night, to be honest, sir. <laughs> At the end of the day, when all this plays out, no matter how it falls, I hope we can still continue to have an actual conversation. I hope we can get to a point where we can talk about where we agree more than where we disagree. Right now, expect us to not agree on very much though because right now I honestly believe that a Biden – presidency for however long of amount of time that might last before we see a change in uh, who's considered to be holding the title of president, I, I don't think it's a good move for America. You, you say it's a victory for all Americans, and I, 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 don't think, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why because no – no way does a Biden administration or a Harris administration shortly thereafter or a even worse case scenario, no way do you see an actual honest effort to pull up the American people, to put the American people first. Career politicians are never going to put your interest ahead of their own. As Chief would be quick to tell us. On his show, Simple Facts of Life, that you can find right here on BTR, that one of those simple facts of life that we often encourage is there are not very many people that are going to be willing to put anyone else's interest ahead of their own. People tend to act in their own self-interest. Whether you believe Joe Biden was involved criminally with the shenanigans that were ongoing – with Hunter and his brother and other family members involving uh, establishing pay-to-meet, peddling influence, peddling the ability to have an introduction. I didn't believe Joe crossed any legal lines or not. He didn't put an end to it. 
He was okay with it. He was okay with enriching himself and his family by virtue of holding an office that is supposed to be for the people. In nearly 50 years in D.C., Joe Biden accomplished one thing, a crime bill that by today's standards is no longer a positive thing for the Democrats. He has a running mate who in one of the early debates literally said, uh, Joe, I, I don't want to say you're racist, but you're a racist son of a gun. And then she's perfectly willing to put that aside when she smells the opportunity to be the VP. Whose interest is going to be served in an administration like that? Not the American people's. And, and right now, New Orleans, I really hope you're just trying to push my buttons because there's no way you believe that. There's no way because Kamala Harris has not claimed to be black not one second until it suited her politically. She has been Indian American most of her life. So where – where is the honesty there? I, I see honesty with a uh, person that says, I'm going to do this, and then he goes to work to make it happen. On everything that matters, if you move past the rhetoric, if you move past the political doublespeak, you are hard-pressed to find someone who's been more effective in working for the American people than Donald Trump has been for the last four years. <laughs> Kamala grew up as a black person. Uh, New Orleans, now I know you're just trying to push buttons, so I, I think we're done with this. Uh, yeah, she, she grew up a wealthy Indian American. She has no idea… No idea. And, and if you honestly believe what you're saying, then clearly you don't either. So my friend, please, as I usually say at the very end of the show, use your brain. It's time to go do a little of your own research and stop just uh, taking a single legacy mainstream media news source as your gospel because, brother, it ain't working out for you. It's just not. And, uh, you know, that's – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And New Orleans, again, you don't know me. I can tell you I've had a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations, and it's a lot easier one-on-one. -on -one. But here's the thing. America right now, we still don't know. We've had one, one news organization call this. It's already said it's Biden. And if, if Arizona stands, it's going to be really hard. For Donald Trump to, to have a chance to hold on. Right now, Arizona is still in play based on everything we're hearing and based on stuff that I'm hearing directly from people that are there. If Arizona comes down on the side of Trump, then all of a sudden Pennsylvania and Georgia matter a whole lot more than they do right now. Because right now, Arizona stays, then all he needs is Nevada. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Nevada's gonna go by. The 
the path doesn't look great for the good guys right now. And despite what some folks think, Donald Trump is one of the good guys. He may not be a paragon of virtue, but he's willing to stand up and he's willing to do what it takes to to do things that typically leftists have approved of. No new major military conflicts. When was the last time we had an administration that could make that claim? All I know is over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what shakes out. We're going to see how the, much the court gets involved. I don't, I don't know that there's enough evidence to overturn anything at this point because there's still a lot of anecdotal things. Now, there's a lot of things where clearly there are some mistakes, but are those mistakes going to be enough if, if you take care of them? I am for America having – and it hurts me to say this, but I'm for America having a Biden presidency if that's really how an honest and fair election played out. Because I support the Constitution ultimately because that's what's best for America. But I do have a preference that it goes the other way. I'm still rooting for the orange man that you think is bad. The kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist. I'm still rooting for 45, and I'm going to continue to do so. I hope most of you will join me. In the meanwhile, you guys stay stay safe, stay healthy, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. Some of you more so than others. And in the meanwhile, whatever else you hear, ladies and gentlemen, please, whatever else you take from the show, don't take my word for not one little bit of it thank you so much uh bigfoot bringing it boy uh ken still hanging out with us uh new orleans thanks for being here i guess <laughs> and chief thank you so much for uh hanging out with me the majority of the show and um you know as always boys and girls put in a little effort and use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth that's it for me for now i will be back sunday hopefully you guys will tune in then and uh have a great weekend everybody
is using both hands. 